0: Welcome to Mr. and Mrs. Therapy. We're your hosts, Tim and Ruth Olson, licensed marriage and family therapists and trauma experts.
1: We provide wisdom for personal growth and healthy relationships. Stick with us, and you'll gain practical tools and insights that will help you be a healthier and happier youth. Hey, everyone, welcome back to Mr. and Mrs. Therapy. We're so glad that you're here with us today. We are in our series on depression. And in the last episode, we introduced the basic criteria of what depression is under the diagnosis of major depressive disorder. So if you haven't already listened to that, jump back and listen to that, and then join us as we jump into today's episode as we talk about other diagnosis and how depression shows up in those.
0: So in this episode, we want to help you understand the width and breadth of depression. And last episode, we talked more about the stereotypical major depressive disorder. But today, what we're going to be going into are some of the less known types of depression to help you understand the other aspects of depression. So the first one we're discussing today is persistent depressive disorder or dysthymia. This is a characteristic form of depression that lasts for at least two years. The people with dysthymia may have episodes of major depression along with periods of less severe symptoms. So when you're thinking about dysthymic disorder or persistent depressive disorder, the idea behind that is that it's generally a more functional level of depression, meaning you kind of can go on and do your regular daily activities. But what you feel more is just like a cap on the level of happiness you can experience or you just don't feel happy versus major depressive disorder is more debilitating. It's much harder to conduct your regular everyday activities when you're majorly
1: depressed. Yeah, it's almost like there is a cloud over them all the time. And I don't know if you can hear, but as we're recording this, we're having a major thunderstorm here where there's warnings of possible roof damage based on trees falling, there's thunder, there's lightning. There's a warning of max-sized hail. And so for people with dysthymia, they have that cloud over them, and it's just this persistent heaviness. And it's not necessarily to the point we were just talking about where trees are falling and things are wrecking, right? They're still very functional, but it shows up as a milder form of major depression, but just a lot longer lasting. And people who have dysthymia, they might have also bouts of major depression at times, So it's not that if they have dysthymia, they can't have major depression, but even though they come out of the major depressive disorder, those milder depressive symptoms are still there. And even though the symptoms may be experienced in different ways for different people, but this long-lasting form of the milder depression can be exhausting in and of itself.
0: The next diagnosis is bipolar disorder. Now, there are two types of bipolar. One doesn't have depression attached to it, the other one does. Bipolar 1 has manic episodes, which is not depression, but bipolar 2 has what's called hypomania, which is generally like, uh, I feel really good, I can do a lot. It almost feels like you have superpowers at that time. But then you swing into major depressive disorder. And so this is where people get the idea of kind of people who swing in their emotions. But normally when it comes to bipolar, The shifts in emotions are not based on circumstantial events that are happening. It's just all of a sudden you're in this hypomanic episode where you're feeling really good, and then you swing down, and then you're just feeling wildly depressed. And this can happen over the course of a day, a week, or there's even cyclical bipolar where it may happen over the course of a year.
1: Right, and that diagnosis is called psychothymic disorder. And that's where people who experience mood cycling over a two year period, but haven't met the diagnostic criteria for bipolar 1, bipolar 2, or depressive disorder. So they definitely have episodes of hypomania and depressive experiences, but they don't meet the full criteria. And just to clarify, bipolar 1 can certainly experience depressive symptoms or episodes, but you can be diagnosed bipolar 1 without having depressive symptoms if there's an episode of mania. So with bipolar 2, there's at least one hypomanic episode and at least one major depressive episode. But there has never been a manic episode because if there's a manic episode, then that's bipolar 1. So basically the difference between mania and hypomania is mania is more severe the symptoms are more severe, and it lasts for at least seven days, and there's significant impairment in functioning at work, with social relationships, whereas hypomania, the symptoms are a lot milder, and the time frame is between four to seven days, and there's no functional impairment. So I know you're using a lot of jargon and a lot of clinical terms, but we just want to make sure that we're explaining how depression shows up in some of these and really differentiate between the diagnoses. And another diagnosis that depression shows up in is seasonal affect disorder. And in the DSM-5, this isn't actually a diagnosis itself, but it's under major depressive disorder with seasonal patterns. Seasonal affect disorder, also known as SAD, often occurs during the fall and winter months where there's less sunlight, and it usually improves as spring approaches. But there are some people that experience it during the summer seasons. And SAD typically is more common among women than men. And it typically lasts about 40% of the year. Which when you think about it, that can be really difficult. That 40% of your year, you're experiencing depressive-like symptoms. And so each of these differential diagnoses have different ways to go about it and to treat it. One of the ones that I think is different in SAD as a type of therapy is light therapy. Because SAD is linked to a biochemical imbalance in the brain, often prompted by shorter daylight hours and less sunlight in the winter, one of the treatments for it is light therapy. Another differential diagnosis is postpartum depression. And just like seasonal affect disorder, this will actually fall in the DSM-5. And just like seasonal affect disorder, this will actually fall under major depressive disorder with a specifier of postpartum onset. And so this specifier is used if the onset is in close proximity to childbirth within four weeks, which actually for me, that is something that's very frustrating. And there are talks between the dsm 4 to dsm 5 to change that even up to six months, because we know that after giving birth, there are so many different changes. And oftentimes, even just with lack of sleep, we can be experiencing a lot of the different symptoms. So a lot of times moms don't even recognize this depression until much later. But in the DSM-5, it is within the four week period. And so I just want to briefly introduce the different types of postpartum depression because it's not just postpartum depression, but there's postpartum blues, also known as the baby blues. There's postpartum anxiety, postpartum OCD or obsessive compulsive disorder, postpartum panic disorder, There's postpartum PTSD and postpartum psychosis. And oftentimes when you hear of infanticide or the act of killing an infant, oftentimes it's by those who are experiencing postpartum psychosis.
0: Another diagnosis that comes with depression is adjustment disorder. Now, the thing about adjustment disorder is that it is very much a circumstantial type depression where something has changed dramatically in your life, and you're struggling with managing that. Now, normally, adjustment disorder is relatively transient, meaning it kind of comes during the time where you're going through this adjustment, and then it leaves relatively quickly after you've made that adjustment. So adjustment disorder normally lasts up to six months after the causing event. Now, it can last longer than six months, you can have what's called chronic adjustment disorder. But that's normally if the event is ongoing. So if you have job loss and you haven't been able to find a job and you're still struggling with the emotions and the stress of not having a job, and that's over six months, that's when you can fall into that chronic adjustment category. Another thing, too, also to consider is that even though it's not depression, anxiety is a very common comorbidity with depression. It's very frequent when I'm treating patients that they have both anxiety and depression together.
1: And so as we close this episode out, as we talk about differential diagnoses, and how depression shows up in each of them, it's really important to consider that, you know, as we talk about anxiety, there's a difference between feeling anxious here or there and experiencing sadness and other symptoms of depression, but not necessarily having a diagnosis of it. Because we do want to normalize that as human beings, we experience anxiety and worry and sadness, and that that's okay, and that's part of life. But when these feelings happen often and they interfere with your life, that's when we want to really begin to look at it and see how can we get help for this. So we're going to stop there for today. We hope that you join us in the next episode as we continue on in the series of depression. Have a great day and remember, your mind is a powerful thing.
0: Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Mr. and Mrs. Therapy. If you enjoyed this podcast or found it helpful, we'd love for you to take some time and leave us a review on Apple Podcast. If you have a question or topic you'd like discussed in future episodes, visit our Facebook group, Mr. and Mrs. Therapy Podcast, and let us know.
1: Disclaimer, although we are mental health providers, this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to provide diagnosis or treatment. Please seek professional help if you're struggling with persistent mental health issues, chronic marital issues, or call the National Suicide Hotline at 988 if you are contemplating suicide.